0: This is About to Drop, a podcast where I interview independent artists about music that they're about to release. In each episode, I'll have a conversation with a new artist to talk about where they came from, how they got started in music, and most importantly, what they're going to be releasing next. We'll cover all sorts of topics, including the writing process, recording, producing, and even things like marketing, branding, and promotion. So thanks for tuning in, and let's get started with the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of About to Drop. I'm your host, Barrow, aka Vertigo, and today I'm here with one of the first artists I started working with, Saturn Lane. How's it going?
1: Hi, I'm good. How are you?
0: Good, good. Um, end of the day over here, so uh, this is the last thing on my plate. Um, had a long one. so um, But yeah, no, uh, excited to, uh, to talk about this one.
1: Yeah, thank you for doing this.
0: Of course, um, I got to work with you on this one, so um, I can add some extra insight uh, a lot of times when people come on, it's just sometimes it's like me meeting them for the very first time, so I you know it's a lot of just them talking about it, and I don't really have much to add, but for this one i can I can definitely chime in too.
1: sweet, let's do it.
0: so why don't we start from the very, very beginning? um you and I I've known each other for years, obviously, but people listening uh, don't. Can you tell us about how you got started in music, you know, where you're from, um, how you decided to go be an artist, like, you know, your whole backstory?
1: Sure. So um, I am about to be 23 and I've been singing since I was literally in a diaper. It's on video. (laughs) And uh, I've been writing songs since I was probably like eight or nine. I mean, we're not going to talk about how horrible those songs were, but they were attempts. And um, yeah, I mean, I got into music, honestly, organically. I don't even, I think, you know, babies sing and they dance and everything. But I guess there was just something about it that I always wanted people to listen. Like, from what I was told, a lot of people around me were like, oh, you always wanted, as a baby, you wanted people to always hear you. And then I went to dance school, which is the biggest joke of all time, because if you ever saw the way I dance, you would know why I say that. <laughs> Wait, how um, old were
0: you when you went to dance school? Not for college, right?
1: No, no. Oh, they okay. w- I would never get into anything even remotely close to that. <laughs> but And now I understand how horrible it is. But when I was like, I don't know, maybe six or five, oh, okay. I, think I was in dance. And I mean, I was the worst ever, but it did teach me about how I liked being a performer. I liked being on stage and I liked being in costumes and, and like all that excitement. So as much as I later on grew to be nervous of performing, it's um early, like back then I accredited a lot to me realizing that's what I wanted. Um, and I forgot what your other question was where, oh, where I'm from. I'm from New York city. So you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a heavy theater-based area in music, but it they also have, you know, pop music scene and stuff. So it's it's been fun to grow up here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I grew up in Jersey. I was like an hour south of, of New York. But I think we're just so lucky to be close to, like, one of the greatest cities in the world, you know? And, and sometimes yeah. I've noticed, too, like traveling to other places that I – I think I've been spoiled. Just like we, well, like we went to Nashville a few years ago, and like you know, it's Nashville. It's it's a huge city, and we we're just like, oh, yeah, this is this is okay. This is not that crazy.
1: <laughs> That's the thing is like a lot of people like when you visit other cities, it's like, oh, this city's so big, it's so big, and then I I'm like, what? Like, is it though? Like, are yeah. you sure? <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, growing up in New York is. You not only see every type of culture but you get i mean the world's most impatient people myself included (laughs) um but yeah it's definitely a place where you grow up fast and you grow up like independent and you know you either work hard or you're in the way kind of like that's the way new yorkers feel like you're either there to work or you're like literally like you're walking too slow in the street like i don't know like articulate it but um yeah it's been a I can't imagine growing up anywhere else to be honest with you
0: that's great and when you were younger did you take like any music lessons or anything like that or have you just been kind of singing on your own from the start
1: um I yeah I mean I never really took any lessons I wanted to take singing lessons when I was in dance school but I was too I had grown to be very embarrassed of me singing like I was like oh it's stupid like Everybody's saying is like, I don't know if I'm good. So I kind of always pushed it away and did things that I was even worse at, which is super ironic. But, Hmm. um, you know, I took a couple of lessons maybe when I was like 13, took maybe three lessons. Then I took lessons again, maybe around 15 for like six months, maybe a year at most. I don't think it was even a year though. And then I, you know, they were super expensive and I got pulled out of them. But then I was in chorus in high school and... I picked up things from there and um, the only real lessons I've had, I guess like for a decent amount of time was my last year in college. I took voice lessons once a week um, for maybe like eight months, nine months. So it's actually crazy to think about this. Like, I'm planning to do this professionally and I've never really had solid lessons. I'm like, isn't that wild? Like, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, that's just, it kind of just happened that way.
0: I mean, you, I mean, I've said this before about just your songwriting, you know, it's, it's really developed for someone that has not had like lessons in it or, you know, went to school for anything like that. Um, same thing with your singing and like your sense of melody and things like that. So it obviously Uh comes from a, just like a a natural talent that you have. So it's good that you're, you know, pursuing it and, and making use of it.
1: Oh, thank you. I feel like, you know what it is? I think it kind of comes from like, I don't know why I have no idea why I, this comes kind of naturally to me, but I think it's kind of from being, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to anyway, story of my life. Um, Kind of being a little uppity about music. Like, growing up, like, you know, I would watch people at, like, I don't know, school shows or whatever. And unless they were, like, amazing, like, amazing, amazing, like, undeniable, I was always, like, kind of like the Simon Cowell of my group, like, my friend group. Not because I'm some, like... Outrageous vocalist or anything like that, but I just always had this ear for like what I Don't know like what would take off and what wouldn't and what I mean is um, A couple of times I've done this now when I was like 12 Probably younger. I was watching Christina Grimmie on YouTube and I was like on her first video I was like this girl is gonna make it because I mean she has everything she has everything that she needs to make it and then she was starting to make it. And of course, you know, I don't know if you know what happened to her or not, but, mm-hmm. um, so she was a, like a famous YouTuber and Selena Gomez's dad, um, he signed her and then she was on the voice and she got like a full four turn, like a four chair turn. Mm-hmm. And like, she was just like amazing. Like she was like top three in the voice and, um, so she kind of had, like, a Selena Quintanilla situation, but it wasn't with somebody that she worked with. Uh, it was this, like, guy who was just obsessed with her, and he literally took her life oh, about, like, five years ago. And that was, like, the saddest thing. Like, I, I couldn't even, like, I had no words. I still have no words, honestly. And it's so I, I found her, and I think she would have really, really, really gone to exceptional levels if obviously that didn't happen and it's so sad but i i found her i found ariana grande i mean i say found as if i signed them but you know what i mean <laughs> like um i i found them like in my own life uh i found ariana grande i remember she was on victorious but she wasn't like recording covers yet like she just like this, the little singing parts that they would give her on victorious i was like who the hell could sing like that mm-hmm. and I, that was nothing and i remember watching in i was 13 in 2011 i remember that so clearly she posted wow it's 10 years ago holy shit. <laughs> she posted um a, a cover of rolling in the deep and i watched it like and i could not believe what she sounded like i was like i don't care what anybody says she's going to be the next pop star i don't care like a lot of people can sing well and all that but there's something about her that is just that's it like this is it and i don't care who tells me otherwise and now it's like look what happened to her you know it's it's crazy and my other example is bb rexa i had a friend in eighth grade she was like yeah my cousin she's in uh, pete wentz's band or like my cousin's cousin or something and i looked her up and this is like right as she was about to put out Take Me Home, I remember she had like 9,000 followers on Twitter. She wasn't even verified. She didn't even have a Wikipedia page yet, nothing. Like, she was in the business, but, like, she wasn't, like, I guess, public yet or something. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, wow, like, she's really different. She has that it factor, and I know she's going to blow up. I know it. Like, and now look at her. So it's like, I have this thing, and I think that, to, to sum it all up, it's, it ties into my songwriting because there's something about, I can hear certain things of just what like works and what doesn't. Sometimes I miss the mark, but I think that's really why I'm able to songwrite is that ear or something. I don't know. Like, so that's the whole point of that giant speech I just gave, (laughs) you know, it's like it it was going somewhere (laughs) at some point, but not to be like, yeah, like I'm an A&R, but like, I, I really think that's why I can songwrite because you have to have some level of picking up like what is, what works, what doesn't work, what's cool. What does somebody want to hear? You know, it's, it's a level of like observation.
0: I think that's an important thing. Cause I, I think when a lot of writers are starting out or artists are starting out, they're just kind of, yeah, they they may be trying to like imitate, you know, people that they listen to. I mean, we all do it. Um, but they don't like necessarily like know why something works, or they're picking up on like certain patterns about you know you know what makes a strong, a successful you know or a song success- successful. Um, so I think like yes, it's it's a really important thing that you can like identify when you know something is special. Um, but I think you're also like maybe not knowingly doing it, but, like, kind of reverse engineering about, about like, why something is good and successful as well. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, do you mean, like, in terms of songwriting or, like, in terms of...
0: Yeah, for songwriting.
1: Like, reverse engineering in terms of, like, uh, writing to the beat, let's say?
0: No, no, I mean, like, um, you might be able to say, like, oh, this is a really great song, right? I mean, a lot of people can have, like, that initial reaction to a song that makes it great um but not everyone can be like this is a great song because this and then when Mm -hmm. i go to write something i'm going to use that (laughs) as an example when i go write.
1: yeah i if i'm doing that it's a few subconscious like i don't know it's i really think all of this comes from me being like low-key kind of an asshole about it like (laughs) you know it's like and it's here's the thing. It's not because I'm this amazing singer. It's not because I'm this amazing songwriter. It's just because I love it. Like that's what I think. My, it's the only thing that I'm really that passionate about. That I feel like I've spent so much time developing that. Like, I don't know, gauge for it. That I think that's why I'm so. I, I'm not easily impressed.
0: You well, know. Good. I mean, if, you know, to to be a professional, you have to. Be really discerning, and you know, just viciously tearing down your own work, you know, just so that you can make what you think is, you know, cause it, it's a super competitive market, right? So you have to be,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you have to be good, you know, just to maybe get some attention. So, so,
1: so you true. Ha- you
0: have to be that critical about about the music. I think it's important.
1: So true. So true.
0: Um, well, yeah. Well, I mean, why don't we talk a little bit about your just your music in general. Can you tell us about like what your, your sound is like? Um, I I know it's always a a changing thing, but like, do you have like a general um, like vibe or style that you're going for?
1: Sure. I would say. um, My music, I feel like it's kind of two different sides. There's like the side that's like super pop in your face, like big chorus, you know, just feel good. Like you blast it loud on the speaker and it just makes you feel good because that's a music that I love. And I feel like there's the flip side of it. That's like really sad and, and dark and re- introspective. Um, sometimes I, I'll match the two. Like I'll take the dark ideas and lyrics and I'll put it into something that's, um, what's the word? Like sonically more you know upbeat mm-hmm. so it's like i think that's really my my core thing is it's a mix of like really fun feel good and really you know here's what i turn to when i'm not feeling so good type of thing mm-hmm. um that's how it's been so far um and in terms of style i would say it's kind of like i mean i have more of a raspy voice. It's on the lower side as much as, God, I would love to be a a high, high soprano, but (laughs) biology says no. So, uh, I know I have a stronger, like lower to mid range. So I kind of try to work with that. Um, I love doing all those like little runs and I don't know, I, I have a softer voice. So I kind of have to make that work to the best that I can. I think you have a really
0: great low mid register.
1: Thanks. Yeah. I mean, it's like smoky. Thanks. Yeah. I, my upper register is the one that is a, it's a little bit of a gamble, but (laughs) um, I have, I have big ambitions for it. And sometimes it just does what it wants. So uh, yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, we, everyone has like their just natural born range, but I think just like uh, training and practice and, and working with a coach um, can help all that stuff as far as you yeah. know, broadening your range.
1: For sure, yeah. And honestly, I'm learning that it's not always about who can hit the highest note, but it's more like, well, what can you do with what you do have? And what do you have to say and how do you make that work for you you know like what, what are you singing about what's your message about it's not always about the notes you know like they're they're cool and they're fun but the average person who doesn't sing you know they want to sing something that's easy for them to sing back to so it's not always about the crazy belts and all that kind of stuff
0: mm-hmm. i mean take a look at like taylor swift she's uh i mean she's obviously not a bad singer in any you know, by any means, but she isn't doing all these crazy runs and has like this four octave range or anything like that. But I think the important thing is like, she writes amazing songs and she she delivers them so well, you know, that that's, that's the really important thing.
1: She is like, oh my God, if I ever met her, I would just sob. I'd be like, (laughs) how do you do this? Like you, you write about things that I didn't even know I, I wasn't even going through it and I was crying. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like damn, that's some pen power if I ever saw it. Um, Crazy.
0: Crazy. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, but yeah, why don't we talk a little bit about the the song then? Let's do it. Can you tell us uh, the name of it? Um, you know, and uh, maybe walk us through how it all started and came together.
1: Sure. So, it's called Must Up." Um, I actually wrote it. <laughs> I used to work at Sonic like a couple, like maybe like three years ago. And I wrote it on my lunch break. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I literally, it's such a weird story, but I was just, like, sad at the time and very stressed out. Um, I had been going through a really bad fallout. I was in college, and um, there was, like, a just a, a huge fight that took place and very much ended... Um, uh, friendship that i had been you know in for years and i i took all that blame and i was like wow like this is my fault why this happened because i'm messed up if i wasn't messed up and i was like everybody else and you know just go with the flow or whatever maybe this wouldn't have happened and so when i wrote it i wanted to have those details in there that for me knew i knew it was about that friendship But I wanted it to feel like it was a love song because I feel like love songs tend to be more Universal to people like when you when you write some form of like a a sad like a heartbreaking song Typically, it tends to be a love song. So it's okay. I'm gonna make it sound kind of like a love song, but it's really not You know, it's more of like just a reflection So I wrote that um By myself to a beat and then I put it away for years and I it was always one of my favorites but I don't know I I sat on it for a while and then I recently pulled it back out showed some people and the response was good so it's like okay I'm gonna record it finally and just do it and here we are
0: yeah I remember you showing it to me yeah years ago and um I forget why you sent it over but I, I remember being like oh this is good like this is, this is a good song, <laughs> and Ooh. then and then nothing happened with it. Um, so yeah, I was happy to hear that you uh, wanted to put it out finally. It, was there any yeah. other re- was there any other reason to put it out aside from you know showing some people and getting a good response?
1: I think it's relatable. I feel like it's, you know, I only have one song out, and that's like a. I mean we worked on that song. that's like a fun, like a playful song, sexy song, like uh, it doesn't really have much substance in terms of lyrics. So I wanted to put something out that really showcased like my emotions and my pretty much my purpose of of wanting to do music is really having things to say that you know, provoke feeling and thought and I don't know, just, reflection and and are cathartic and relatable to people and i feel like this is a song that demonstrates that i feel pretty well and hopefully other people agree i mean we're gonna have to see but yeah i I just feel like it was it showcased and also it was the only song i have so far that i've written entirely myself so i mean obviously not production wise but like i i wanted to see like what do people think about me as a writer too? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's kind of how that came about.
0: I I think it's crazy. You wrote that on a lunch break. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny how that happens. Sometimes like it just falls out.
1: Yeah. You know what? That's the thing about being a songwriter that is so awesome and also frustrating. It's like some songs, I mean, not only do they come at the wrong time, like the inspiration strikes and you literally can't, record it you can't do anything and you have to pray you don't lose it but also it's like some songs write themselves and in other songs it's like you really want it to work and it's like pulling teeth it's almost like dating you know what I mean? <laughs> like some dates are just amazing and the chemistry is there and whatever and other dates it's like god like is this over yet you mm-hmm. know
0: what i mean oh i've so, had plenty of those dates
1: <laughs> yeah i mean probably most of us so it's like it's it's a very love hate thing. Like it can, I love it so much, but when the songs aren't working out so well, I'm like, Oh my God, this is so upsetting. But that's the process, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, let's talk a little bit about your process. Like, do you write, how do you go about writing songs? Do you regularly do it? You know, do you wait for inspiration to strike? Do you have like a, a method to how you do it?
1: Um, my two biggest things are, my voice note app and my notepad app and i mean growing up i used to write it in a notebook i would like hide behind a chair in my basement because i was so embarrassed (laughs) i didn't want anyone to see what i was doing like um i was very secretive about it i was so like scared and as i got older i started to write a ton of like like i'd be in class and i would be writing stuff like it just came out of nowhere but i was feeling so much like so many emotions, uh, all types of emotions that I was like, I needed to do it to like, get it out of me. Like I, I was just like, I don't know what to do with myself. Like this is, you know, I, I need to somehow, I don't know, handle this or something. So that's how I did it. And as I got older, it kind of just became more of like, it was less frequent but it was more like i think it was more solid but now it's like honestly i need to write a lot more than i do i feel like i write mostly when the inspiration comes because i find that when i really have to pull it it's never as good
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but at the same time you have to get through sessions where you're not really in the space to write because you have to get through that and just keep making more so it's hard because You know, on one hand, I need to make more and more songs to practice. But on the other hand, do I even waste that time when I know that the songs are not working out? Or do I wait until I'm feeling like I'm really on a roll right now and this is going to be better than those other times? It's weird. It's a weird thing I have to still figure out as I go.
0: Yeah, it's... I've been practicing my own songwriting um starting this year not not because I want to release my music my own music or anything like that but just to like like we'll have a session and you know you're you or you know another artist might be doing the the bulk of the work and I'm not really able to contribute that much um or I might like have an idea but don't know how to like articulate it so Mm -hmm. I've just been like practicing so that I can be more useful (laughs) in a writing session um but yeah it's weird because like most of the time, nothing comes. Um, what I've been doing is like a every morning I just write for an hour, so I'm like trying different um ways of writing, just starting from lyrics, starting from melody. Lately, I've just been doing like um these just like chord and melody sketches. It's just like two pianos, kind of just playing one's playing chords, one's playing a melody, and then when I think I have a good melody, because that's my ear is, I think, more tuned to, like, the music side of things instead of the words. Then I'll go back and I'll, like, f- do, like, uh, like an ad-lib thing. Mad-libs, you know, where you just, like, fill in all the words?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I think that's, like, where that, when they talk about, like, the craft of songwriting, being able to write a good song even when you're not inspired, like, that's what all that practice leads to. You know, right. so I don't think it's necessarily a waste of time because just from the past couple months of me doing it, I find myself like just working quicker, um, knowing if things are going to work or not, um, just picking up on like little subtleties, even just like how like a, a phrase might sit on a melody and how like the syllables are lining up and like the emphasis on certain words is lining up. Um, also thinking about like singability and things like that. Um, so long story short, I think practicing it is good because, you know, when you do have something good, um, it'll be more cohesive, but also you'll be able to get a good song faster. Yeah. Practice, you know?
1: That's true. Yeah. I feel like it's interesting how you feel you can articulate the, on the writing side. And when we make music, I always tell you the opposite for me, (laughs) I can't articulate the production side like of what I hear in my head I wish I could like literally put it on a speaker and be like this is what it sounds like and it's so infuriating that I'm like oh I have no idea what instruments these are or anything about it I just hear it and it's like it, it's like a dead end you know what I mean like, what do you do then where I mean, you can't even explain what it is so it's I yeah I mean I my hat's off to you for uh, tackling that side of it and and just going for it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I do this full time. I want to be as good as I can, (laughs) you know?
1: That's true. Yeah.
0: Um, So now that the, um, now the track is all done, I know it's all set up for, for release and all. Um, what is the, what is the rollout plan for it look like?
1: Um, we're going to be putting it out April 30th and, the pre-save is going to be available april 16th at the time of this coming out it probably will have already been those days but in case not and that's what's going on (laughs) um and yeah i mean we're just gonna share it around as much as we can a couple of uh little blogs or playlists just uh trying to really this is the you know phase of my career where everything is so new and I have so much to build and, you know, to get people to even know I exist and that the music exists and everything. So it's, um, it's definitely the uh, early stages where I have to first get people to even be aware of all of that and then be able to market it and everything to them where like they'll receive it and not be like, Oh, here's another artist, scroll, you know, like it's, um, it's, it's kind of, we're just going to see how this plays out and, you know, take what works this time and do it again and, and see what doesn't work and not do that again for the coming releases.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of trial and error, uh, especially yeah. in the beginning stages. I Just a few days ago, I did a podcast interview with, um, his, his, I don't know when his, his will be coming out, but um, his name is Marcus Spence. He ran Timberland's label for like 20 years or he wrote like oh. he, he's been like head of a and r at labels um he's like managed artists like he's like I, when, when he told me what he did i was like oh like this is this guy's a big deal and then we were talking in the interview and i'm like oh shit no he's like a really big deal
1: <laughs> nice
0: but so i was just picking his brain about like what indie artists need to do and like when like what he looks for when an, an artist would be presented to him um and like the for, well, one thing, he said that th- they made a lot of mistakes, so there was, like, a lot of things that didn't work. Um, but he said, like, the most important thing is, like, when an artist, and I'm paraphrasing, like, knows who they are, what they want to do, what their sound is, and all of their, like, marketing, branding, and vision is all in line. Cause, right. like, uh um you know, the, the days of like artist development where like a label would sign somebody and they would like figure it out over five years, those days are gone. So it's all up to the artist right now to like get all that shit taken care of and like sorted out and working before a label would even be interested in like pursuing it any further.
1: Right. It's so true.
0: Um, so yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely let you know when it comes out because I was asking him a lot of questions that you know someone like yourself would be asking um and it was there was a lot of great insights coming from someone that like is at like the top of the game like he 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 found one republic and like got their career launched and stuff like that so wow um definitely a lot of good insight but one big thing that one big takeaway he gave was that like you don't really need a label
1: yeah a lot of people say that
0: he was like they're really just like Banks, and even when exactly. you, even when you, he was like, even when you get a label, they don't, they're not doing anything for you, he, unless you're like Taylor Swift or something, you know, like. Right. He was like, when you know a new artist is signed to a label, they need their own team, and they need they still need to do all the work. Uh The label just might give them extra funds.
1: Right. It's true because it's like, it's pretty much yeah. The label is like an investor. Hmm. I mean, there's definitely perks like the outreach and the promo and the contacts, but it's it's not like people don't do it without a label anymore. I mean, I think social media changed the whole game. He was telling me
0: he was uh, working at a uh, publishing company, or no, a distribution company, and he was saying there's some indie artists making like seven figures. Wow. You know, and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, and, and they run. It's, Can I be one? <laughs> What's that?
1: Can I be one?
0: You, I mean, it's up to you, right? Yeah. But he, but he was saying they were just like, you know, they're running their own business. They built it up, and they they have it working and they don't have a label.
1: Wow. It's crazy. Mhm.
0: There's there's it's a lot awesome. of ways to do it.
1: For sure. It's uh, American.
0: Yeah. But but anyway, to go back to to your song, um like the th- how you promote it and how you promote yourself is like such a huge part of it.
1: Yeah. I think that's uh one of my hardest things is I don't even know what that means like how like I mean I guess this is a conversation for off the uh, podcast but it's like I'm trying to figure out how do we even get you know marketing set up like what, what does that look like how do we get people to actually listen and to receive it and I mean to hire someone to promote your stuff and market it's like thousands of dollars. So it's like, it's hard. It's, it's a, it's kind of a weird situation.
0: I think it's a lot of grinding. Yeah. You know, just like, you can't like go out to shows or anything anymore and like play. Well, I guess you can, but not, not quite as often,
1: but just, yeah. like, just
0: like being on social media and like talking to people and trying to build up a fan base, you know?
1: Getting exactly listen, getting
0: on getting on playlists um, just trying to boost your your streams as much as you can
1: exactly and even that is hard because it's like well how do you get on these playlists like how do you find them how do you pitch them like what needs to go into those like you know it's it's that's the thing is a lot of people don't tell you how to do all that kind of stuff it's like I don't know
0: Marcus gave one tip. He was like, he was like, if you you know do do your research, find out who runs these big playlists, and then send them a gift card Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: and Mm -hmm. your song. He was like, I mean, I I, I'll have to go back and listen to it. I'll I'll definitely send you the whole thing because there was a lot of gems in there. But he was kind of um saying that like the playlists and, and things like that nowadays are like what. Like radio, blogs. yeah, blogs and radio used to be. Uh, radio is still big, um, but uh, for like indie artists, like the playlists are is like the better alternative to radio. Because I mean, you're you're not gonna get on radio. I mean, not that you're not going to get on radio.
1: Not anytime in the near future. Yeah, <laughs>
0: you, you just don't have the funds. Like, it's if you want to yeah. be on like the the big radio stations, you have to have like a six figure budget. You know, right, to even be considered, and then it might not even do anything for you, you know. So it's it will be definitely be a wasted investment,
1: right? But yeah, and it's so just tr-
0: legwork. There's there was another person I had on the show that was getting tons of streams. Um, and he he was he was just hustling like grinding, he was just finding these people, reaching out to them, having conversations. Um, and then, you know, getting people to agree to have him on, on, on their playlist. And like over time and continuing to do it, it just like grew and grew and grew. Um, I forget what his numbers were, but they were a lot for someone just doing it independently.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to really, I mean, I don't know if I'll have it in time for this release, but it's going to be a definitely a small scale like promo, but I do think with more and more practice with these releases, it will get better. You know. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, you know, all the like building up hype before a release is really good. But um, another thing Marcus was saying was that like even after songs are released, like you still have to promote them. Um, right. He he was saying that like sometimes they would do um, promotion for for artist songs, and like it would take a year before it went number one.
1: Wow. Well, Lizzo, I mean, her song was two years old when it went number one, I yeah, think. Yeah,
0: exactly. Same kind of thing. So, you know, just because uh, you, there might not be like a super robust marketing plan for the release of the song, doesn't mean you should stop promoting it after it comes out.
1: Right. The other hard thing, though, on the flip side is that I've been told like if a song is over like a month old, it's too late. Like they, they're on to the next thing already.
0: Uh, For what?
1: Like for pitching it for, you know, I don't know, like playlists or blogs or whatever. If the song is older, they're like, oh, like we want like only like within the last month.
0: Maybe that's certain playlists. Um, I know for like some of the Spotify playlists that are like, uh, you know, up and coming or uh, release radar and things like that, that they definitely do want like the new stuff coming out. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of them that where you can. It doesn't have to be like that.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to look into it for sure.
0: Um, But yeah, it's just a lot of hustling. Definitely. Um, So yeah, I mean, where? so it's going to be available on all the major platforms, I take it?
1: Yeah, so it'll be um, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, I don't know if I said YouTube or not, but and then, like all the other ones, iHeartRadio app, like, um, I don't know about Title, but pretty much all the major ones.
0: Nice. And uh, and what does the, you know, what does the post-release look like? What do you have planned for the rest of the year?
1: I have another single and a music video, and then another single, which I actually need your help with. Um, and then probably one more at the end of the year. So maybe like another three songs for the year, which is more than I've released ever. So um, it's uh, it's gonna be a little bit of a release time.
0: That's good. Uh, I mean, I think the trend right now is instead of like EPs, um, it's just like a single every one to two months.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to keep up with it that pace. Um, and, Cause I, I don't wanna sacrifice quality for time. You know what I mean? If I don't have something that's really solid and ready within that time span, like I'd rather put it out a little bit later, but mm-hmm. um, at least three more songs for the year. That's awesome. So I'm yeah, I'm definitely excited.
0: Uh, cool. I mean, this is probably a good place to wrap up. Do you? Um, where can people find you online? Like what are your handles and where are you most active?
1: I would say I'm definitely most active on Instagram. It's at Saturn like the planet um, and then L A N E. And then my Twitter is twitter.com slash Saturn Lane. And then my Facebook is Facebook.com slash Saturn Lane Music. My Spotify and Apple Music are Saturn Lane. Um, TikTok is Saturn Lane. And my website is com, And I think that's all the socials.
0: Cool. I'll put those all in the show notes um, for people to come check you out. And uh, how, how are you liking TikTok?
1: You know, I like TikTok, but I don't know what to put on there. Like, I'm, I'm not a dancer. I don't like – I'm not like a psychic. Like, some of them read those cards. Like, I, I don't really – like, I don't know what kind of stuff to put on there. That's my thing is like – you know, I, I don't haven't really figured out yet how to how to TikTok, tock. <laughs> um, so it's a lot of just weird random posts. I'm going to have to figure out something, but it's um, yeah. I mean, I enjoy going on it in terms of posting on it. It's a little bit weird because I just haven't found my thing yet with it. But yeah, I mean, it's a fun app.
0: I'm too old for that shit. I downloaded it and I went on and I was like, I'm not, <laughs> I have like a hard enough time posting and keeping up with Instagram.
1: That's yeah. My brother brother's like, I'm not doing it. I'm old. <laughs> I <laughs> was brother's like, i that
0: old. old. He's like 26, right?
1: He's like 28.
0: Okay. Yeah. He's probably too old for TikTok.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's scary because like I'm, I'm old for it, but I'm not too old for it just yet. But, like, those years are creeping in. I'm like, oh, no. Like, my youth is ending. Oh, what am I going to do? You know, it's it's scary.
0: Oh, you're only 23. You're fine.
1: I got, like, maybe two more years. And then everyone's like, oh, once you hit 25, that's it.
0: <laughs> I tell this to everyone. Like, I love my 30s. They've been so much better than my 20s.
1: Some people say that, too. Like, they're like, yo, The 30s are amazing. Like you know who you are by then. The 20s are like struggle.
0: Yeah. I mean 20s were fun but 30s are just like so much more secure. I I know myself better. Um, Just I've been out living on my own. Like my money situation is a lot better. Like relationships are better, you know.
1: For sure, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping my 30s will go like that, but I still got some time for that.
0: You got plenty of time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool. Well, thanks again for for doing this, Jess.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for um having me.
0: And I will um I'll get this thing all edited and, and uploaded cuz I know we want to get this out before before the 30th before your release.
1: Sure. I'm excited.
0: Cool. Well, I will talk to you soon.
1: Alright, thank you so much. You bet.
0: Thanks for tuning in and listening to another episode of About to Drop. For more info, please go to our page www.vertigomusic That's V-R-T-I-G-O-Music.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to follow and subscribe to us on YouTube and Apple Podcasts.
1: Thanks and see you soon.